Here we go. So, hello everybody once again and welcome to the Heart Shaped Decisions podcast. It's Graham here and I'm delighted uh, today, or in fact it's this evening, it's an evening interview. It's actually dark outside and um, I'm, I'm very pleased to welcome Louise Ann, who is um, somebody that I've met comparatively recently and uh, we have actually met physically because in this COVID-19 place. I mean, if, you know, if you're listening to this in five years time, you'll be saying, what's the COVID-19 thing? But, you know, it's probably the most significant thing that's happened in my lifetime in terms of how it's changed people's lives. And because um, I've not lived through a massive war or anything like that. And so, um, yeah, so anyway, we are we are talking in the evening and most of my interviews are done in the daytime because that's just the way it works out. But um, so Louise Ann, a very warm welcome and um, would you like to tell the audience a little bit about well as much as you like about yourself and what you do and a, and a bit about who you are hello darling yes um so i am louise and i am the founder of willows and daisies um and i'm a empowerment and confidence life coach um so the the way that i got into that and and then i'll i'll say quickly about what it is so um i help people that have gone through um particularly emotionally abusive relationships um so i will help people that have gone through physically abusive relationships but it's more the emotional abuse that i actually help with them with um but i go i help people that have been in emotionally abusive relationships to um heal the wounds of the trauma that they've experienced to enable them to build a life with self-love, self-belief and self-worth so that they don't get caught in a cycle of going back into another uh, abusive relationship because they're still in such a victim mode. So I help people um, rebuild so that they, they don't continue to live their lives being held by the, um, by the lack of self-worth that they've been left with after abuse. Well, okay. So how, how did you get into doing that? Um, well, I had uh, an emotionally abusive narcissistic father. Um, oh. So from a very young age, I grew up um, with the belief that there, were, there are certain things, that this is the way that the world is, and this is the way that you are treated, and this is the way that um, a man behaves. Um, and it wasn't until he left our lives um and so he he him, my parents split um and he went off on this big tangent told me and my sisters that we were worthless and then disappeared out of our lives um and i went on a bit of a downward spiral so um up until the age of about 16 i had been a daddy's girl yeah I had always strived for his attention, his love, which I didn't realize he wasn't capable of giving. So I, I exhausted myself trying to be everything that he wanted me to be. Right. Um, I, I learned that um, I wasn't, wasn't good enough. I wasn't smart enough, um, that I had to try harder. He told me by the age of eight, I was already aware and he had already told me that um, people are attracted to three things, beauty, kindness, and success. And since you don't have the first two, you're going to have to be successful. 
So by the age of eight, I had this belief that I was ugly, I was unlovable, and that the only way that I was going to have people in my life was if I was successful. Um, He told me, you'll never be loved, but if you're a success, you'll never be alone. So that was my that was my aim in life. That was what I was aiming for. I had to be successful. Um, and for him and the way that he viewed success and what he taught me success was, was earning a lot of money and driving the nice cars and owning lots of houses and the extravagant lifestyle. So I had to work hard. I had to become this businesswoman. Um, and and that was that was what I was trained to believe my life was wow. going to be, um, and that was from a very young age. So I um, I grew up with this perception. When he left my life, when I was about sixteen, fifteen or sixteen, um, so he left, mm. um, and I was left with no idea and no direction of who I was meant to be. Because he had dictated to me throughout my childhood and into my adolescence who I was, what I was allowed to do, what I wasn't allowed to do. I had become who he told me to be. Mm. And when he was no longer there giving me instructions, when he was not giving me a direction to head in, I completely lost track. Um, And I ended up having a breakdown. Um, I attempted suicide and I hit some real lows. Mm. Um, By the age of 17, I met somebody. Um, So this man came into my life. And looking back, um, he had a lot of the traits that my father did. So he was very controlling. He would tell me, you know, what I should or shouldn't be doing so it's kind of like I wasn't allowed to have um go out drinking with certain people and I shouldn't be smoking and I and I because that was the only form of love I had ever experienced from a male I accepted that he loved me and this was this was him expressing his love Mm. um and so I ended up in a relationship with this man for 10 years um we got married we had two daughters um and this man controlled a lot of my life. I, I became, because I was raised to be codependent, um, when he stepped in, I, I, I fell straight back into that role. And when he told me that this was how I was allowed to have my nails done, that's how I had my nails done. When I was allowed to have my hair dyed these colours, this you know, so I could have my hair dark brown, so I had my hair dark brown these are the clothes I could wear and this is the job I was allowed. I wasn't allowed to drive. And it was a lot of the manipulation and a lot of what I went through wasn't directly. He was saying, you can't do this. It was Mm. like, well, I don't like that. So he had this thing. I don't like women with tattoos. So I wasn't allowed to get a tattoo. If I did something that crossed a line. So if I had my nails done in a way that he didn't approve of, he would give me the silent treatment. And he would stop talking to me for like a week. Um, and so, and, and I would be trying everything to try and please him, you know, what, what have I done wrong? And I'd have mm. to go and get my nails changed and then he would talk to me again. So it became an ongoing thing that this was, 
this to me was normal. Yeah. Um, by the time our youngest daughter was one, I found out that he had been having an affair. And there were two things, ironically, there were two things that I said I would never, I would never tolerate. Mm. Two things. I would never tolerate my husband cheating on me and I would never tolerate my husband being abusive. Yeah. In my head, abuse was violence. Yeah. He'd never hit me. He'd never raised a hand to me. And at the point that I filed for divorce, emotional abuse still wasn't illegal in the UK. So it wasn't right. recognized. So to me, you know, but he cheated. Yeah. Um, we tried to work on the marriage mm -hmm. and um, for six months. And I told him, you know, he'd had this affair with a woman at work. I'd said to him, you know, I can't, our marriage won't survive you two working together. But he refused to get another job and he refused to leave um, that place of work. And so I filed for divorce. Um, when I filed for the divorce, I ended up having another breakdown. But this time I was able to reach out for help. Mm -hmm. I got put um, panic attacks to the point I was blacking out but they were happening multiple times a week. Wow. Um, the doctor basically turned around and said, if we don't medicate you, you're going to be locked up wow. and your children will be with their father. Yeah. Um, so I was like, you need to, you need to start sorting yourself out because you, you will be, you will be, um, you know, mm. you will be taken away. Um, wow. So, I ended up on quite a few medications um, for my anxiety, for my depression. I became suicidal again and I went through and I had counseling um, and I built myself up to a point with the help of the NHS and what was there. Um, but when they'd got me to a point where I was off the medication and I'd finished my CBT therapy, there was nothing more they could do for me and I plateaued. Um, so I wasn't like happy and loving my life, but I wasn't unhappy and depressed. It was a mediocre kind of like, I'm just surviving. Mm. I'm above the breadline, but I'm not, I'm not, you know, in a great place. Yeah. Um, and it was a very hard time um, so what happened after that is I, I realized that I had my children, so I had two daughters watching me. Yeah. Um, and I knew that this wasn't the life that I wanted. Mm. Um, then I, I ended up in a relationship with Dave, who you've had on um, one of your previous podcasts. Yeah. Um, we, when we first got together, we both had a lot of insecurities and a lot of um, our, our demons kind of fought each other. So yeah. his, his insecurities would cause him to react a certain way. And I would retaliate mm -hmm. because of my insecurities. And that would put his defenses up, which would make my defenses go up. And then we ended up in a very difficult cycle. Um, mm. And then he went for therapy um, and we worked very hard with each other to heal the wounds that we had 
to help each other and to start growing together. Yeah. Um, knowing that we had to do something. Um, and that's when I encouraged Dave to start following his passion for photography. Yeah. Um, he would take photos of the um, girls. Um, so we'd go out for days out and he would be behind the camera. And I watched him light up. Mm. I mean, I watched him in his happy place and that was it. And I was just like, this is what you're meant to be doing. Yeah. You know, this is what you love. You have to do more of it. So he opened this photography studio. And, and so as a family, we supported him in that. Um, and then we had our own daughter. So, yeah. you know, he's stepdad to my older two. And then we had uh, Eliza and she came along. And I realized that I'd been watching Dave grow and follow his passion and, and do this thing that made him feel amazing. And I was feeling more and more disheartened. I was feeling more and more a little resentful that mm. I was having to go somewhere and do this job that my father had told me would be a great fit because it would make me successful. That yeah. I'd never really been you know, and, and my ex-husband had permitted me to do this job. You know, it was, I'd, I'd ticked all the boxes for these two, but it never made me happy. Yeah. Um, and watching Dave do what he loved. And I was like, I want that. Mm. I want that. And I want my daughters to know they can have that. Mm. I want them to grow up with this belief that if you love something, then you should do it. Yeah. Um, and you should follow your passions and follow your dreams because otherwise you just end up living a half life kind yeah, of. Absolutely. Mm. So, um, Dave, um, being who he is, fully backed me, supported me, and that was it. And it was like, okay, business name, what are you going to call it? I didn't even have a clue what I was doing. Mm. It was just like, so what do you want to call your business? So um, we came up with Willows and Daisies. Um, it's my favorite tree and my favorite flower. And then it was oh, like, <laughs> and it was a name that could suit anything. Cause at that point I didn't know what I was going to do. Yeah. Um, and we started just playing around with ideas. Um, we went to the autumn fair at the NEC back when you could go to events. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> and we just had a look round and, and I had a look at furniture shops and I had a look at little like art studios that I could buy artists work and sell it on like a little gallery or I had a look at um, selling trinkets I had a look at selling jewelry scarves um, fashion and, and it was kind of like toys there was there was anything mm. um, and we were having a look trying to figure out what it was that I enjoyed um, yeah. And I, I didn't realize until we started that process how, um, how unattached I'd actually been from the things I enjoyed and how little I knew myself. Right. So it was, it was people ask you, and it's kind of like, oh, what do you enjoy? And, I, and, and you can list off a few things. Um, but it was actually looking and realizing that I didn't, I'd never given myself permission to fully explore mm. all of the things that are out there, all of the hobbies that you can do, all of the different things that you can try out. And I'd just never given myself permission mm. 
to take the time yeah. to learn about myself. Um, and I think people assume that you know yourself because you've lived with yourself for however many years, but you don't realize how if you don't take time and, and notice the things that you like, you can very easily fall into the rut of doing what other people enjoy that yeah. you assume you are going to like mm. simply because the mass like them. Yeah. You know, if, if everybody's doing it, it must be something I enjoy, but it, yeah. it, it doesn't always resonate with you. Um, and so I, I went on a learning curve and a, a self-discovery. And while I was trying to figure out um, what it is I enjoyed, I started listening to audiobooks um, about self-help, about kind of like connecting with yourself. Mm. And that's when I really felt, and I was just like, I was listening to the books and I was reading the books and I was listening to the podcast and I was just like, oh my God, I'm loving this. And the learning of it all and listening to the different ideas and the different approaches and everything that you could do and, and your mind. And I realized that actually when I left high school, I wanted to study psychology. Wow. Um, <laughs> I have always played the part of um, the advisor or the, like the guidance counselor and, yeah. and kind of like in friendship groups. Mm. Um, since the beginning of Dave and my relationship, he's always, he said that I don't, uh, that I have pet projects, okay. that when there is somebody in need that I have a pet project and I will put efforts and time into being there for them and helping them through whatever difficulty they're going through. Yeah. Um, but it's always infuriated him that whenever I needed somebody, they weren't there for me. Um, so he'd call them my pet projects because he was like, they're not friends because they're not there for you. Right. Um, but you're there for them. Um, so it turned out that I'd been playing this coaching role for a long time without ever realizing it. Mm. Um, and that's when I started looking more and more into what I knew, what I could do, what had helped me. Um, and I realized that what I really want to do is I want to help people not be lost like I was, not have to work for seven years and spend the money that I have and go through all of the exercises like I have to get to where I am. Yeah. I want to be able to shorten that journey for people because I don't yeah. think it should take so long to reach this point. Yeah. Um, there, are, there are so many steps I could have missed. <laughs> And I want to help people not waste any more of their lives. You know, it's, yeah. it's taken 17 years for me to, to get to this point where I have the confidence and the self-belief that I do now. Mm. 10 years in the relationship, seven years healing from it. And now I have the belief and the confidence in myself to actually step forward as who I am. But that's 17 years of my life. That's a long time. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> And I can't get that 17 years back, but I can help somebody else not have to spend 17 years not knowing themselves. And yeah, that's, that's what I want to do. Yeah, I get, I get that totally. Yeah. Because I, yeah, I mean, I, I was brought up in, I was brought up in a, a fundamentalist cult. So I was, my life, you know, when, when you were talking about your childhood, it was very much 
rules-based, you know, so you have to do this and you have to do that and you have to do the other. Never mind about your happiness. You know, yeah. the word happiness was never meant. Yes, you might. it might be that you know, when you die and go to heaven, you'll be happy. Well, what about between what about while, I, while I'm here? Oh, well, you've got to do this and you've got to do that and you've got to do the other. So I can see totally where where you were in your childhood because it wasn't it wasn't that. I mean, you didn't have to go to church like seven times a week or eight times a week, but um, you know, you had to follow you had to follow rules. Um, and to this day, I don't write rules. I don't, especially when I, if somebody says to me, "You can't do this," I say, "Why?" If you can't expect, give me a good reason why I can't do it, then sorry, but you, you know. Um, or if somebody tells me you can't, you know, you must do this. Um, okay, well, explain to me, you know, so for instance, where we are at the moment wearing a mask. I can see totally why I need to wear a mask when I go into a shop. But I can't see how I can go into the pub next door um, and have a drink without a mask on. It doesn't make sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that's just one example. And I'm thinking, yeah, okay, I'll, I will follow this rule because if I don't, I might get into trouble, but I don't necessarily agree with it. Um, so I can see, you know, so I came out of that and it took me 17 years to get out of that. And then it took me probably at least another 17 years to get myself to where I really wanted to be. But um, yeah, at least I did get there in the end. And so, yes, but. Your help, but I really like the idea that you, that you actually want to help people to get to where they want to be quicker than you did or I did. Yeah, well, it's it's one of those things when you know the things that work. So it's kind of like I have um, a course, a free course. So willows and daisies, I want it to be like an academy because yeah. I think that the tools that are out there. Um, if they can be taught like a school kind of thing, yeah. um, you have the fundamentals, you have the basics, which to me, you know, so basics are gratitude, affirmations, um, conscious feeling, tasks and meditation. So if yeah. you cover the basics, you can really start to do a lot of work and, and improve your mental health by, mm. by understanding how these things work. And I think that's one thing that really threw me through a loop i was being told do do you gratitude journaling um but i had no idea why mm -hmm. i had no idea how it worked i had no idea what the point of it was and and like you it was like part of me was just like well you can't just tell me to do something and not explain why you know yeah. i need to know the justification i need to know how it works i need to know why i'm doing it and when i understand why i'm doing it i'll apply myself to it um so, you know, very similar. So it's, it's kind of like, whereas just being told, oh, do gratitude journaling daily. I was like, why? Why? And nobody told me why. So I had to dig mm. in and I had to find out the reasons for it, the, the parts of the brain that it changes and, the, and how it improves your attitude and, and the value of it. And then I do it. And that's yeah. what I want Willows and Daisies to do. I want to teach people not only do these tasks, but also yeah. how these tasks actually work for you or how these tools work for you. And then you go away and you apply them to your healing and the way you need them because yeah. you understand them now. So you can use them however you need to use them, yeah. not just how I tell you to. Yes. Yeah. Um, I can see where you're coming from on that. Yeah. Cause people do tend to just tell you to do things. Don't they? I mean, I, 
I've, I've, I've heard many people say, you know, many successful people, whatever you might, I mean, whatever your definition of success is, that's another, another thing, because you're, you were brought up with one definition of success. And um, I've seen people with a lot of money and all the trappings of success, you know, the lovely houses and the beautiful cars and mm. the apartments in foreign countries and all the rest of it. And they're not actually happy. Um, I've met people like that. Uh, and they, well, part of my, part you know, of my so, healing journey, I had to redefine what success was to me. Mm. So, and I define to me success. Success to me is not being controlled by other people's opinions. So either favorable or unfavorable. If somebody else is going to have a favorable opinion of me because I drive this car, I don't particularly care. And if somebody has an unfavorable opinion because I, you know, don't drive this car, I don't particularly care. Mm. As long as I am not aiming for people's opinions and I'm doing things for my own opinion and how it feels for me, that's my definition of success. And I'm still working towards it. And I think I always will be but it's not being controlled by other people's opinions. Yeah, I think that's, that's a really good point. And I like, I like that very much. And I think, you know, I've, all, I've almost got to that point now where I don't, I mean, I, I, but then sometimes you fall back, you know, because mm. I think what I, was, I was thinking to myself earlier, you know, this, this year I've got to the point in my life and instead of taking one step forward and two steps back, I'm taking two steps forward and one step back. That's really good. Um, it's, it, it may not seem like it, but it's kind of like the way I always view it is sometimes you feel like you're spinning in circles, but have you, did you ever have a spirograph where you yes. just draw the circles round and round and it, all you're doing is drawing circles. But at the end of the, at the end of the day, you still end up with a beautiful pattern. So it may feel like you are just spinning in circles but it isn't until you get to the end of your journey and it's not until you actually reach a point that you stop and look back, you will get to appreciate how far you've come and the beauty of what you created while spinning in circles. So, you know, you've got to appreciate it. If you can't appreciate it now, just give yourself time and and know you will in the end. I regularly do that. I regularly look back and think, where where was I? even at the beginning of lockdown, where was I and where am mm. I now? And just like, oh, you know, I've done, I haven't done too badly because I'm very hard on myself, you know, but, um, you know, I've, I haven't, I've done, I've moved forward in lots of ways in, in this period, in these last sort of six months. Um, so, yes, I think that's a really good analogy, the spirograph, I like that. Because I think that people will, a lot of people will identify with that because they'll say, oh yeah, I have one of them, you know, and it's... Uh, <laughs> And you used to get really cool, uh, cool pictures from them, and you just had no idea how you got that image in the end. But it was just kind of like you just follow yeah. it around. Yeah, brilliant. Mm. So, um, yeah. So, what? Yeah, what? Uh, what stage are you at with willows and daisies? Then, so you're kind of. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. So we've got the free course on at the moment. Um, yeah. So that's five transformational steps. Um, uh, to emotional empowerment after abuse. Yeah. So that's the that's the foundation course. Um, and that, I put a lot of content in there. It mm. is free, but there is a lot of value in it because the tools that I put in there, I believe are the fundamentals and should be known by everybody. Yeah. 
So it is free for the accessibility of the masses, not because it is worthless. Yeah. Um, it's yeah. because I don't want price to, to come in between anybody knowing this information because I know that the information in there is, right. is transformational. Yeah. Um, and I want people to actually have it. Mm. So that's the free course. And then the first paid course will be going up um, next week. I believe we, we should have all the tech sorted. So it should be going up within the next week. And that's you are enough. So that's moving on from the foundation and starting to work on the limiting beliefs, the fears, um, how you can work with your subconscious mind. So writing your own meditations and subliminal recordings, using tools like EFT and journaling. Um, and so it, the, the course covers lots of different things and then you can tweak and use the different modules however you need to. Yeah. Um, you can call upon them when at different points um, in your life. So once you've got the information, once you've got the course, you can just go back and pick up whatever you need at whatever point that you need it because a healing journey isn't getting to the end. It is a continual growth that you go through. And yeah. when, whenever you reach a new point, it's kind of new level, new level old devil. So you get to a point of growth and you're kind of like, Oh, I thought I'd, I thought I'd got over this. And actually it's just snuck back in and you need to do the work again to, to get over the limiting beliefs or the fears that are holding you back yeah, at that level. Sometimes you do have to do stuff again. It's like, you know, people, you know, people think, oh, you decorate the house once. Now, you, if you're going to live there for any length of time, you might have to do it again. Yeah. It's the same with yourself. You might have to go back and do, you know, I had some counselling back in the 90s for two years to help me through, but, you know, I've had to, but I've had to do more work on myself since. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, um, I, I find that there are different things that'll trigger me. So it's kind of like, I'll think, Oh, I've done lots of work on, on issues with my father in my past, but then something will come up that has never come up before a situation or, um, comments or, or something. And it takes me back to something mm -hmm. that I thought I'd, I'd worked on, but obviously I hadn't actually cleared all of the, the trauma from yeah. that. And it's just a new situation has arised that's triggered me. And that, that trigger lets me know, actually, I've still got work to do on that aspect. And then I use the tools again that I've, I've learned and, and that I'm now teaching. Mm. So yeah, I do them both yeah. in courses and then I have one-to-one. -one. So I do have one-to-one -one coaching availability where I really help people that are at a point where they just need somebody to help them figure out like where they are deep dive and, and kind of like we work together to get all of the tools that they need mm. um, into the place and really work through it together to, so that they can really get the transformation and start building the belief in themselves. Brilliant. Um, I like the sound of that. Sound, you know, I, mean, I know there's a lot of people doing this sort of work, but it's all different. Um, and it's all, and yours is based on your own experience as well, isn't it? So yes, you haven't, I mean, because, you know, I meet a lot of people and with the greatest of respect to them, um, some of them have been on a lot of courses, but they don't have the life experience behind it. Um, and I always have a lot of, I always have a little bit more respect for people who've actually lived the life and help other yeah. people 
uh, you know, through their own life experience, as well yeah. as having it, having been on a lot of courses and that kind of thing. Um, I think it's more kind of authentic. I like I like real people, um, and I haven't had any I haven't had any people that come on this podcast. And you're getting towards the fiftieth person I've interviewed um, this year, which is quite unbelievable. I actually counted it all. I counted it all up a couple of yesterday. I think it was, and I'm approaching the fiftieth person. I'm like, wow, you know. Well done. I didn't expect that. You know, I thought, well, because most people start the podcast and do one or two episodes and then give up. But I thought, no, I'm not going to be one of those people. But everybody that's come on, um, and some of them are people that I've invited and some have, like, invited themselves. And But everybody has been genuine, you know, authentic people who are not pretending to be anything they're not. Um, yeah. And that is, you know, that that is... Because I, I, I suppose I must attract those sort of people to it because that is um, the sort of person I like. I hope I am, you know. I hope I'm, um, and I, I very much get what you say about doing what you were. You, you are now doing what you were supposed to do. You know, you went through, you went through all of that journey in your life, and you know, I, I know people don't like the word journey, but life is a journey. Um, it is. And um, you know you and you are now actually helping other people. And I, I think, you know, I I went through what I went through, you know, um, in my early life, and and you know, I mean, I've continued to go through stuff and learn from life experience. Um, all my, I'm still doing that. You know, I'm still learning. I mean, I think the older I get, the more I realise how much I've still got to learn. Yeah. You know, yeah. When, I, when I was probably. I don't know. In my thirties, maybe I thought I knew. I thought I knew everything I needed to know. Um, now I'm double that age, and I think you know. I still there's still so much more to learn, um, and you never stop learning. Learning for me is about meeting new people and absorbing their experience as well. Yeah, yeah, and and there's so many different experiences and versions. It's kind of like like if you had a hundred people stood around a Rubik's cube every single one of them would have a different perspective on what that cube looks like. You know, every single one of them, none of them are going to see the same thing. And mm. even if we all go through the same, the same kind of experiences, like we're all going through this lockdown at the moment, but every single person has a different experience, a different thought process, a different feelings and emotions towards it, different coping mechanisms. And so there are so many people out there and actually knowing that what you've gone through is okay you know it's it's mm. you don't have to have gone through the same thing as everybody else that your experiences are valid that what you have gone through is absolutely fine and you can heal and recover from it yeah you know no matter what you've gone through it's okay there will be others out there um who may have gone through similar maybe not the same but there will be others out there and you, you can heal from whatever you've gone through. Any trauma can be healed. And all you have to do is reach out, know that you're not alone, um, but you are beautifully unique um, and that your perspectives and everything else are just as valid as everybody else's. So you don't have to look um, and, and see things the way that everybody else does. You're, you are valued and your perception is valuable. Um, and your experiences are valuable. Um, so if people do want to reach out and, and share in 
like how you give people a voice you know you don't know who out there needs to hear what you've got to say you don't know who out there is waiting to hear the story that mm. you have to share because they are sat feeling alone yeah. in their own experiences absolutely yeah that's that's uh, that's brilliant. i could listen to you all not i could listen to you all. i could listen to you for ages. Really, yeah it's really really great i mean yeah it's just i think um I think when people find what they were meant to do, it's really uh, you can you can tell with David and yourself you've actually found what you were meant to do. Um, and I, I found what I was meant to do. Um, well, 25 years ago, I found what I was meant to do when I got offered the opportunity to go into training and development and helping other people to learn, you know, learn skills and develop their develop their confidence and all that kind of thing. And I've been very lucky to do that ever since. But then now that I sort of, I now tell my own story um, and help other people to help other other young people mainly to realise mm. that they can have the life that they want to have, that they don't have to have the life that somebody else expects them to have. Um, yeah. And you've been on that journey too, haven't you? Yeah, very much so. Very you know, much so. Very much about becoming yourself rather than what somebody else expects you to do. I probably started that journey a little bit earlier than you did, but I'm still I'm still on it. You know, yeah. I still, there's still things I think to myself sometimes. Um, you know that oh that thought came comes from way way back. You know when I think you know when I think um, I might be speaking to some. I was speaking had a meeting with somebody from a very large company the other day and I thought the little thought came into my mind, what do they want to speak to me for and it was like and then when I had the conversation it went really really well and um, but it's kind of uh, self-esteem is something you have to constantly for me I have to constantly work on it mm -hmm. yes um, very very much so so it's um, we have limiting beliefs and, yeah. and they are programmed into us and they become our belief structure that we view the world from um, and we never overcome our limiting beliefs, but what we can do is we can learn how to work with them. So we'll always have the same limiting beliefs. Typically yeah. you are, um, that you're not good enough, not enough, yeah. not good enough. You're not smart enough. Yeah, um, totally. being unlovable is another one. Um, so it's kind of like, these are these are insecurities that we have but we build our entire lives and these insecurities hold us back if we allow them to um it's the constant work of feeling the fear and doing it anyway mm. um and that's that's the work that we do and we have to keep stepping into that place of okay well it was okay last time i can it'll be okay again and you just constantly do the work mm. It's why I think that the um, the tools that I, I teach, I, I want people to have them and go away with rather than me simply doing coaching, helping them get overcome it this time. And then next time the issue comes up, they're feeling a bit kind of like lost. Mm. That's what I love about the willows and daisies. I want them to have the tools to keep going back to. Brilliant. Good. Well, so how 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 would people get in touch with you if they want to if they want to know more about Williams and Daisies or indeed know more about you? Um, well, I've got I'm on Facebook, Instagram. Um, I I am trying to be on LinkedIn, but I'm a little bit. It's, 
<laughs> it's not my go-to social media. So I tend to be on um, Facebook as yeah. Willows and Daisies. I have um, a private group on there that people can join um, so that conversations can be a bit more, um, if they want to speak openly about subjects, then, yeah. then they can in there. Um, and that's called The Empowered Legacy. And then on Instagram, it is Willows and Daisies UK. Brilliant. Yeah, I think I think LinkedIn. I mean, I'm um, I've just been having some. I had a conversation with my mentor today, and uh, he said um, the guy who's really been helping me uh, this year, particularly. I've known him for a long time, but um, and he said, um, you know, you really need to be back on Twitter because I'm trying to connect with certain people, and those people are on Twitter, and I. I don't like Twitter. I mean, I've been on Twitter before, but of course you only have to follow who you want to follow. Mm -hmm. So I've been on there. I've actually been and reactivated my Twitter account today and um, unfollowed a whole load of people who I didn't really want to be seeing their stuff because it wasn't positive and it's, you know, all, the, all this rubbish that goes out on social media. But I would say probably from what, what I know about social media, that if you are wanting to work with individual people, then Facebook is the place to connect with them. Um, yeah. If you want to, you know, if you want to be working with uh, like organisations more, then probably uh, LinkedIn. Um, but Facebook is probably the right. But I will, I will, I will uh, seek you out on Facebook <laughs> and like your page. Thank you very much. So, um, well. Louise Ann, thank you so much for being on the podcast. It's really been uh, interesting. I, you know, I've heard, I've been privileged to hear so many different stories on this podcast. It's, you know, it's a privilege to be able to have you on. And um, I'm just going to, I'm just going to stop the recording. And, thank you for uh, having me on. And then